If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 71 of the Yappin' Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, November 8th, 2020. Let's get things started by giving our shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB and also Ball 9. You've heard me mention Ball 9 many times on past episodes, and I told you to keep a lookout for them since you'd be hearing about them much more often here on the show, as they are now officially helping to promote Yapping Yankees a bit on their platforms as well, just as Grunt Talks MLB does. And just like I do with Grunt Talks MLB, I like to show my appreciation by giving them shout-outs here on the show, so let's shout-out Grunt Talks MLB, and for the first time here on Yapping Yankees, Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9 and know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the main man behind the website. Darren on Twitter at YankeeReport28 and follow them on all social media at GrunttalksMLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also don't forget guys that you can help spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees as well and stay updated on everything having to do with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social media platforms. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And also don't forget to listen to and subscribe to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Well, I do hope you're all doing okay this week. We've had quite a week, haven't we? <laughs> A lot has happened between episode 70 last week and episode 71 today. (laughs) You have the election, which has been even more chaotic than any of us had already envisioned in the most 2020 way possible. And that says something, (laughs) with all things considered. And quite frankly, I don't even want to get into it, since one, it's not relevant to the show. Two, I briefly spoke about it all on social media already, and that's the max I'm going to do. And three, anyone who brings it up tends to just carry on endlessly about it. So just imagine it from someone who never shuts their trap like yours truly. (laughs) Ah, Madon. But plenty of off-season discussion continued on about the Yanks too, so (laughs) what do you say we just dive right into all that for today? (laughs) 
let's just go right in. So, for episode 71 today, we'll start off with our weekly social media segment, as always, which has to do with some talk we've heard for a couple of weeks now, but especially this past one, based around possibly shopping Luke Voigt so that the Yankees could pursue Francisco Lindor of the Indians. I've briefly mentioned the idea of some fans wanting to put Voigt in the market for a potential trade the last couple of weeks, but it especially, again, heated up this past week in light of an announcement the Indians made a few days ago that they expect to trade Lindor before the end of the offseason. Which isn't too much of a surprise, because they're one of the organizations seemingly cutting back the most because of the financial impacts from the 2020 season thanks to the virus. And shopping Lindor, one of their biggest stars, is another way to cut back. And that announcement by them got the Yankee community talking, so we'll yap about that for this week's poll. Also, we'll hit on what Giancarlo decided with his option to opt out of his seven remaining years of his contract, DJ being a finalist for yet another award on top of the Hank Aaron Award, and winning another because he's just an icon. (laughs) And did another Yankee manage to get completely robbed of another award this offseason? Well, we'll be talking about that when we go over gold glove winners where Gio and Clint qualified. And last but not least, a beloved veteran of the Yankees 2020 squad just announced his retirement this past week. We'll be touching on all of this to end today's show in Yankees news. So let's begin on Twitter with the poll for this week. As I mentioned earlier, this week's question is, are you prepared to part ways with Luke Voigt if it meant Lindor ultimately comes to the Yankees? And of course, to give your thoughts down below in the replies for a chance at a shout out on the show today and As I do every week, I'll do my best to get to as many of you as I possibly can. Now, keep in mind, I'm not asking you if you think this sort of a thing will happen. I'm asking you if it were to happen, would you be prepared to part ways with Luke Voigt if it meant Lindor ultimately becomes a Yankee? Not if you think it'll happen or not, but if it were to happen. It's just a hypothetical, because I, for one, happen to think that this is not going to happen this offseason. One, because the Yankees are cutting payroll, and I'm staying consistent with my opinion that I think it'll be a mostly quiet offseason. The Yankees may make a move, as I said, but I don't think this is going to be the one. And two, I think they really want to make it work with Glaber at shortstop, because the whole reason this thing is being brought up in the first place is because of how bad Glaber Torres was at shortstop this past season, and in general, even before this season, in the short times we've seen him at shortstop, how bad he's been there. He really has a tough time, especially at a position that's apparently his natural position. And admittedly so, you wouldn't know that that's his natural position if you watch him play there because he really has some brutal days over there at shortstop. And a lot of people are already looking for the Yankees to look elsewhere for other options at shortstop defensively. I honestly think it's a little too soon to give up on a person like Labor Torres, especially with his talent, number one, and two, how young he is. It has been proven that defensive and improvement is possible by a Yankee himself. And I've mentioned this on prior episodes. I think I mentioned it last week, the week before that. I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but there is a person right on this very team that has proven that defensive improvement is possible. And his name is Clint Frazier. This guy in years prior in the outfield was as bad as you can probably get as a major league outfielder. We all remember all the dropped routine fly balls and all of the 
brutal, brutal mistakes that Clint Frazier has made in the outfield prior to 2020. I mean, it just made you wonder, how did this guy ever get to the major leagues as an outfielder playing this way? It was horrible to watch. As I said, he was as bad as you can possibly get. I don't need to talk about this. You all remember how brutal Clint Frazier was in the outfield. But then this year, in this crazy of a season, no less, with hard work and determination, with the right mindset, Clint Frazier proved that it is possible, no matter how atrocious you were in the past at your given position, to improve at it. And in my opinion, with both his talent and his young age, even though I know he's never really been a stellar defender, I think Glaber Torres could definitely be yet another Yankee to prove that fact. And I think if the Yankees really take all the time that they can throughout this winter to work with Glaber Torres, really work hard with him at his craft, work with him all winter long with drills and routines and everything at shortstop, I think he can improve. Because again, there is living proof in Clint Frazier on the very same team that defensive improvement is very possible, no matter how bad you are at your position, because Clint, again, was as bad as it gets in the outfield prior to 2020. And Glaber could do the very same thing at shortstop, in my opinion. And the Yankees themselves, quite frankly, have also talked about how they want to work with Glaber to have him be their shortstop. So again, if this were to be a question of do I think this will happen, my answer personally is no with Lindor. I don't think the Yankees are going to make that move. At least not this offseason. I can't speak for next winter or the one after that, but for this offseason, I don't think that's a move the Yankees make. And to make this move, you would have to probably shop one of the four names in the infield right now. These four names are Assuming, of course, that DJ resigns, which again, <laughs> he better resign. So, of the four names on the infield, of course, you have Gio Rochelle at third, you have Glaber at shortstop right now. Assuming DJ resigns, you have him at second, and you have Void at first. You know, right now, the Yankees are not shopping Gio. They're not shopping Glaber Torres, and I really assume DJ resigns, and I really just can't imagine him being anywhere else, or the Yankees letting him slip by. So you're not getting rid of any of those three. Now, if DJ tragically doesn't resign, this is obviously a different discussion. But both because it should be common sense for the Yankees and for the sake of my sanity, I'm just assuming he resigns. So you have those three, and then you have Voight at first. And of those four names, Voight is obviously the most movable. Even though for me, as I've also said on past episodes, it's not as easy for me to immediately move Luke Voigt like it is for others, apparently. Because others have said, oh, if it's ultimately for Lindor, I'll pack his bags and drive him to the airport. But I can't do that as easily, given all of Luke's accomplishments since he's become a Yankee in the second half of 2018. And yes, his glove leaves a lot to be desired. We all know that there are far better defensive first basemen out there than Luke Voigt. I am aware of that. But not only does he break through with some really good plays sometimes still defensively, but even through his defensive struggles, with everything else that he brings to the table, sometimes it's easy for me to look past those defensive struggles. His mentality, his grit, his offensive contributions, which he has been one of the better hitters in the game since the Yankees got him. And all for Chase and Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos, even though Giovanni Gallegos has turned out to be a damn good reliever, but you get what I'm saying. For those two pieces, the Yankees acquired a top bat in baseball. 
That's a big deal. And it's not easy for me to just look past a lot of those contributions as some people are doing seemingly. In the second half of 2018, he played godlike baseball. In 2019, for a chunk of the season, he still played very good, even though for another chunk of it, he played with the sports hernia, but he played through it. He's a warrior. We've seen him play through injury more than once now, especially in this past season too. And speaking of this past season, in 2020, despite it being a season we've never seen before, he goes out there and for a good amount of it, hobbling on one foot, dealing with plantar fasciitis for probably more than half the season, goes out there, is the home run king for 2020, leads the majors in home runs, when at times it looked like he couldn't even walk, and was a big reason the Yankees even got to the playoffs to begin with, especially in the midst of all the other injuries that came back to bite the Yankees throughout this shortened season. And again, all the while, basically hobbling on one foot going around the bases after some home runs, he still went out there and murdered baseballs. He was a warrior all throughout, all throughout the two and a half years he's been with the Yankees. And I don't forget things like that. I just don't. So with all of those positive attributes about Luke Voigt, I can look past the defensive struggles that he has sometimes, even though, as I said before too, he still comes up with some pretty nice plays defensively sometimes. He'll surprise you. So what I'm trying to say is it's not as easy for me as it is for others to just give away Luke Voigt, even if it meant going after a guy like Lindor. But with that being said, even though it's not as easy for me, if it meant that Lindor were to ultimately become a Yankee for sure, I would ultimately still go through with it. Even though it wouldn't be nearly as easy as it is seemingly for other people, I would get rid of Luke Voigt if it meant bringing Lindor here. Because Lindor brings a lot of positive attributes as well. He's a great hitter. He's a great defender. He's a left-handed hitter. He's a 26-year-old superstar. And that's really hard to turn away. It really is. Because overall, Lindor is the better player. However, and I want to make this clear, the Yankees would have to extend him afterwards because he's eligible for arbitration next year. And he's eligible to become a free agent in 2022, so the Yankees would have to extend him, which again, I'm not sure they're willing to do, especially depending on Lindor's asking price because of the fact that they're trying to cut payroll. He's also owed almost $20 million for next season, so that's a bit counterproductive to the Yankees' goal of cutting payroll, but that's what they'd have to do, otherwise I don't really see a point in doing that, especially when Luke Voigt has four years left on his contract. And of course, if the Yankees are to trade Voigt, whether it be directly with Cleveland or somewhere else, I think it's more likely that he goes somewhere else because Cleveland's really not in need for first baseman and headlining Luke Voigt in a trade directly with Cleveland based on their needs just wouldn't really make much sense. But regardless of where you'd shop Voigt, especially with his value basically at an all-time high right now, you'd have to imagine, you better make sure you get a good return for him. That's for sure. No doubt about that. So yeah, a lot would have to happen in order for me to feel good about that sort of a thing because again, it's not as easy for me to let go of Luke Voigt as it is for others seemingly. And some people also give reasoning that I don't necessarily agree with. They just say, oh yeah, you put Lindor at short, you put Glaber at second, you put DJ at first, it's all good. Again, assuming of course DJ resigns. The problem with that is, and I also mentioned this on past episodes, is that although I believe in DJ regardless of whether he plays at first, second, or third, because he's a gold glove and an elite defender overall, first base is not his best position. That's not where he's at his best. And for DJ to be the everyday first baseman, I'm not sure I like that very much. I think he's better in a role where you just put him there occasionally whenever you need him to go there. And also, as I said at the start, this whole discussion comes up because people don't have any faith in Glaber to improve at shortstop, and this is all to just basically accommodate him and put him at second base where he's better. But the problem is, he's not even that astronomically better at second base. He is better at second base than shortstop, I'm not arguing that. 
but it's not like it's a vast difference, and you're willing to alter that much just to put Glaber at a position where he's kind of better at? Getting rid of Luke Voigt and altering the middle and right side of the infields just to put Glaber at second base? And more so than anything, losing Luke Voigt's bat? Especially after it was proven by Clint Frazier that improvement defensively is possible, you really have that little faith in Glaber Torres to improve at shortstop? So, yeah, that's basically how I feel about the entire situation. I've voiced a lot of this in past episodes already, but I just wanted to reiterate some of it today because this is basically the main topic. And the discussion really heated up this past week amongst the Yankee community because the Indians made the announcement that they expect to trade Lindor before the offseason ends. So, that's my point of view on the whole thing, I suppose. I'm just not as easily willing to let go of Luke Voigt as others are. I really, really value everything that Luke Voigt has brought to the table as a Yankee since he's come here. I really do. But if the situation presented itself, whether it be a head-to-head trade with Cleveland or a trade with somebody else, and then ultimately the Yankees get Lindor after the trade, I ultimately would get rid of Luke Voigt for Francisco Lindor because regardless of how much I value Luke Voigt, it's undeniable that Francisco Lindor is the better player. He is. Overall, he is the better player. But again, for the record, I do not think this is going to happen because the Yankees are trying to cut payroll. I don't see them altering the middle and the right side of the infield just to accommodate Glaber Torres and put him at second, somewhere where he's not even vastly better defensively than at shortstop. I think they very much value what Luke Voigt has brought to the table, like myself. As it stands now, he's up for arbitration in 2022, 2023, and 2024, and he wouldn't become a free agent until 2025, so he's on contract for a while as for now. And for a good price at that, he's set to make $5.8 million next year. And if you want it to be worth it for Lindor, you'd probably have to extend him upon getting him in a trade because he's due to be a free agent, as I said before, in 2022. So even though I ultimately would go through with it if it would guarantee Lindor ultimately becoming a Yankee because Lindor is undeniably overall the better player, I don't see the Yankees going for this. i rather see them working hard with Glaber over the winter to try to get him to improve at shortstop. I see them re-signing DJ to keep him at second base, and I do see them sticking with Luke Voigt. It would be nice to have Lindor as a Yankee because of the great aspects of his game that he would bring. He's a 26-year-old stud of a superstar, but I don't see the Yankees going for for that to also just put Glaber at second and DJ at first where he's not at his best defensively either. And yeah, I just don't see it happening. So after that long explanation, <laughs> I hope I just hit on all the reasons. I'm sure there'll be even more in the replies that I'll agree with or disagree with. But let's first hear those voting results on Twitter because we didn't even get to those yet. So let's hear how you guys voted with the poll question. So again, the question is, are you prepared to part ways with Luke Voigt if it meant Lindor ultimately becomes a Yankee? The two choices, of course, are yes or no, and of the hundreds of votes that poured in, 65% of you on Twitter say that you would part ways with Luke Voigt if it meant Lindor ultimately becomes a Yankee, and the remaining 35% of you who voted said no, you are not prepared to part ways with Luke Voigt. So very interesting. In the voting results, 65 against 35 in favor of people being prepared to part ways with Luke if it meant Lindor becoming a Yankee. So let's jump right down to those replies. I'm going to try to get through as many as possible as usual. Let's hear what you guys are thinking about this because I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. We'll start with at CRK Sin Mr. Perfect One, and he says Lindor is not as good as he once was. 
Stupid to get rid of Voight. All right, so we got a pro Voight guy. I like it. But about Lindor, yeah, he had a really good 2015, a really good 2016. 2017 was good. 2018 was really good. 2019 was solid. And of course, 2020, yeah, the production, I would say, slowed down a little bit. But again, you could at least attribute it a little bit to the fact that this was a really weird season and cut some slack there, at least a bit. But Lindor has had himself a fine career. He really has. But hey, as you heard from me, it's also not easy for me to part ways with Void either, so I understand the fear of that. At Varina57 says, actually, no, I would part ways with Glaber Torres. Nah, I, I can't agree with that. That I don't agree with. Yeah, the kid definitely had his struggles in the beginning-ish part of the season, right up until he got hurt, because he had started to heat up before he got hurt, and then he continued to stay pretty hot after he came back, too, if you remember. But yeah, he did have a bit of a tough time there this season offensively, and we know that he had a really tough season at shortstop defensively. But a kid at that age, with the talent he has overall, I I'm not parting ways with him. I can't agree with that. At Blue Russian 35 says, I would. Voight is very good, but Lindor is an elite talent. He adds more diversity to the lineup. Well, yes, as I said, listen, Lindor has his great attributes about him. He's a great defender. He's definitely solid offensively. He's 26 years old. He's a lefty bat. There are a lot of good things that he would bring to the Yankee lineup for sure. So those positives about Lindor are valid. They are. Up next is at Laura underscore Icemont, and Laura says, no, while Lindor is good, I don't see the Yankees pursuing him. They may give Torres another chance at shortstop. Plus, Voight has been our best first baseman since Mark Teixeira, and the Yankees need to keep him, especially after having a great short season. Well, Laura, I completely agree. Definitely with what you let off with right away. As I said, it was the first thing that I said before I went on my long explanation with my take on the question. But I, too, for the reasons that I named and for the reasons that you named, whether they be repeating mine or not, I, too, feel that this is not a route that the Yankees are going to go down. So I completely agree with that. I also agree that Luke Voigt has definitely been our best first baseman since Mark Teixeira. He's definitely nowhere near Mark defensively because Teixeira was just an incredible defensive first baseman. But overall, at first base, especially offensively. Yeah, Luke Voigt is amazing. And it is really tough to just turn away from that after what he did this season, even if it was a shortened season, leading the major leagues in home runs, and for a big part of that, basically hobbling on one foot, as I said before. The guy is a warrior. His mentality, his grit, his determination, he wants to win, and he goes out there and he puts his money where his mouth is. He really does bring a lot to the table. As I was saying before, I really tried to hammer out all my reasoning as to why, for me, it really is tougher for me to let go of Luke Voigt than it is for others, because the guy brings a lot to the equation. And as far as Glaber getting another shot at shortstop, yeah, that's what I said too. I definitely see the Yankees working really hard with him all winter, at least they should, at just trying to get him to improve at shortstop. It's possible to improve, guys, especially when you're as young as Glaber Torres with all of that potential. As I've said many, many times, look at Clint Frazier. In his respective position, you couldn't be much worse. But then this year, look what he did. Look what he transformed into. It's possible. I definitely don't agree with all those people giving up on Glaber Torres already. That, I think, is just ridiculous. Up next is at Judges Torres, and they said, I mean, straight up for Voight for Lindor would never happen just for the fact of money and the team looking to cut back. But hypothetically, I would do it if it meant an extension for Lindor was attached. Well, yes, and I said that. For contractual reasons, yes, an extension would have to be a part of it. The Yankees would have to extend him. No question, so we agree there. And for the fact of cutting back, yes, I also don't see it happening. And if you heard me before, you heard me mention that that was one of the first reasons I mentioned as to why I don't see this happening. At Boo Sullivan underscore DMT says, yes, hell yes, it's not even a question. All right, fair enough. 
At HLYWD Hugel31 says, depending on cost and extension, I'm reading it might not take as much as fans think because Cleveland's trying to cut payroll, but that, to me, means more teams might be involved. If it was just Luke and some prospects, and he signs an extension, yes, I'm on board. Yes, an extension for Lindor definitely has to be a part of it. I, myself, highlighted that. And yeah, I imagine some prospects would be involved, but then again, that depends on whether the trade would be head-to-head with Cleveland or somebody else, too, as I said before. And Cleveland is definitely significantly cutting payroll. They've already started much more than any other team, it would seem. And I think it's going to continue, because their intentions of severely cutting payroll have been very, very apparent so far early on in this offseason. Offseason. With letting Brad Hand go, with wanting to trade Lindor before the offseason ends, or so they say, and we're probably going to continue to see more of it. All right, let's keep on rolling right along here. Up next is at Todd underscore Kelleher, and Todd says, yes, but I'd want Lindor signed. I like Luke, but DJ would replace him nicely as a high average 20-something home run guy who plays better defense. Yes, another person highlighting that they would like Lindor to be signed to an extension if he were to come here. Yes, you know, I agree with that. And yeah, DJ would still do fine defensively at first and possibly even better than Luke, but I'm just saying of all the positions he plays, first base is probably the one that he plays the least best. DJ just wouldn't be at his best if he's at first, being the everyday first baseman. That's what I was trying to say before, and I still stand by that. I still think he's fine at first, but not as good as he is at second or third. I think he's better at those spots. And home run-wise, well, we know that Luke has more power than DJ, and with a full healthy season between the two of them, Voight would probably finish with more home runs than him. I think that's a safe bet. But yes, of course, DJ would still be a huge bat to have around. That goes without saying. No matter what we're talking about with Luke Voigt or Lindor or whoever, the top priority, don't forget remains DJ LeMahieu. Don't be fooled. (laughs) That is still the top priority to bring him back. At 2170 Whitehaven says, yes, but I'd need an extension. Yeah, that's a given to me too. So, so far it seems like we have the people that aren't willing to part ways, but it seems like we have a good amount that would be willing to part ways. Let's keep going. At PD underscore Bash 87 says, yes, but sign DJ to play first. Well, yeah, there'd really be nobody else to play first. Honestly, you're not going to put Glaber at first. You wouldn't be putting Lindor at first, and you wouldn't be putting Gio at first either. So if you do resign DJ and you get Lindor, it would definitely be Gio at third, Lindor at short, Glaber at second, and DJ at first. Up next is at MD Nelly, and he says, Mike, I am. Lindor adds a badly needed lefty bat and a defensive upgrade to the Yankees. There are a couple of conditions, though. He must be signed to an extension immediately, and if it means DJ doesn't fit in the budget, it might be better to wait for the 2021 free agent class. I completely agree. And as I said, when it did come down to it, because of the attributes that Lindor would bring to the Yankees, he does bring a lot of needed attributes, I admitted that before, along with the fact that overall, he is the better player, I ultimately would come around to it, and I would part ways with Luke Voigt for Lindor. But I also did say there would be conditions, and many of which you named, and I agree with. There has to be an extension, I completely agree. It wouldn't make sense unless you extend him for the foreseeable future. And of course, yes, you've got to get DJ back. So if DJ does not fit in the budget after you are to extend Francisco Lindor if he is to come here, then yeah, maybe it's better waiting for next year's free agent class. Because again, DJ is top priority to bring back to this team. Completely agree. At Juan Vante says, absolutely. All right, so another one that would part ways with Luke. At Javer31 says, you don't need to trade him for a one-year rental. Luke is becoming a Posada in that clubhouse. Absolutely, and I did mention that when I was talking about what Luke brings to the table with this team, his grit and mentality, two huge ones, and that definitely has to translate to the clubhouse, you would think. Luke Voigt is a gamer. He's a winner. So you are absolutely right in that regard. I completely agree. 
And yeah, it wouldn't be for a one-year rental. In that case, I wouldn't get him. That's why when I said, although I ultimately would come around if it were to line up right, all the stars were to line up and this would happen, the Yankees have got to sign Lindor to an extension because if this is just for a rental, it's not worth it. At Simmons for three says, he is 29 years old with two full big league seasons, a boomer bust guy at the plate on a team with Stanton and Judge already, and has stone feet at first base. There is also a good chance last season is going to be the best of his career. So yes, I'm 100% fine with it. Yeah, it could be, but you can't really argue that the 2020 season was the only time we've seen Luke Voigt be great. He could very well have a great 2021, especially in light of what he's accomplished since he's been a Yankee. Yes, he does have his strikeouts like many other guys do in the lineup, and that is definitely a con. But with how much he succeeds, I think people are willing to live with those strikeouts. And at just the age of 29, I think that gives him some time left to still have some killer seasons ahead of him in the future. As far as his defense at first, yeah, we've been over that. Listen, we know that the Yankees could definitely use a defensive upgrade at first base. There's no arguing there. Although he will surprise you with some good plays over there at first base, yeah, his defense does overall leave a lot to be desired. But going forward, yeah, I believe in Luke to continue to have some killer seasons. The guy's a warrior. He fights through injuries. He goes out there and murders baseballs no matter what's going on. And when he's on a tear, there's almost nobody in baseball you want to face less than him. Other than the time period that he was struggling, struggling a bit when he was dealing with the sports hernia in 2019, I really cannot downplay anything Luke Voigt has done here offensively. Second half of 2018, after he was acquired at the deadline, he was killer. 2019, up until he got the sports hernia, he was tearing it up. Right up until that London series against the Red Sox, pretty much. And then this year, we know what he did. He was one of the most feared hitters in baseball. But who knows? I happen to think that we're still going to see him next year and that this Lindor thing is not going to happen this offseason. So if that does come to fruition, then I do hope Luke continues his great gameplay and has a killer 2021. Up next is my good friend Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, yes, as long as DJ is on our team, meaning DJ at first base with Glaber at second and Lindor at short. I would miss Luke, but I could deal with it for these players on the field. I mean, hey, I think that's pretty fair, Tina. But yes, especially, I love how you highlighted DJ. I love any reply that highlights the importance of bringing DJ back. All of this has to happen under the provision, of course, that DJ returns to the Yankees. That is a given. He's the top priority, and I'm not hearing any debate about it. At the mind of Trav underscore says, oh, without second thought. All right, so for him, it's easy to part ways with Luke. I'm just... (laughs) I don't know. I'm not the same way. I find it much more difficult to let go of Luke. I just do. And for me to be happy with this Lindor thing, as I just named the conditions and what would have to happen for it, along with some of the things you guys named as well. Yeah, just a lot has to happen. Up next is at Yankee Slut. Wow. (laughs) So much for keeping it (laughs) PG-13. Well, anyway, they say Voight is the better bat. So that much is clear. Defensively, you're shifting Glaber from shortstop to second, not much of a gain. DJ from second to first base, big loss. And Lindor moves to shortstop, big gain. Overall, not a huge improvement. And it doesn't make sense to add 17 plus million and a hefty extension for this. 100%. And that's basically everything I had said as well. I completely agree. Hard to let go of Luke because of his offensive contributions. He's such a great bat. Shifting Glaber from short to second, although it is a gain, I also said at the beginning of my explanation that it is not a vast improvement because it isn't. It's just a fact. It's not a vast improvement moving Glaber from short to second. So I agree with that. Moving DJ from second to first, although I'm sure DJ would be fine, DJ's best position is not first base, and that would 
would be a minus moving him from second to first. Second is his best position, and having him as the everyday first baseman, DJ would not be playing at his best position on the field. But of course, also putting Lindor defensively at shortstop as of now would be a big gain. That much is true as well. But if you add that all up, while you would get an improvement, and there are certain other aspects that Lindor would bring to the Yankees that they need as well, like lefty bat and things like that, is it all worth it? Especially with the financial aspect, which I'm also so glad that you mentioned. Is it worth bringing the $17 million plus the extension that would need to happen? Because you're not doing this if Lindor is just a rental. We've said that many times, and I want to keep repeating it because it's important. If Lindor is to come here, he has to get an extension. And is it worth it financially, especially knowing that the Yankees are looking to cut payroll? And whether you agree with it or not, that's what they're looking to do. So does it make sense? That's why I don't see this happening, and why when we talk about the on the field facts, that's also why I would have a tougher time getting rid of Luke. It's basically everything I've been saying. So definitely a great, great reply. All right, let's do a few more. Up next is at Wiffleball Magic, and they say Yankees are not better with DJ at first. Lindor is good, but we don't need him. We need pitching and patience. Yankees need to get and stay healthy and dump the majority of analytics. Well, yes, I agree with DJ going to first being a step down defensively for DJ. I agree with that. And I don't think Lindor is an absolute need either. I don't think he's a necessity. And also, as I've said, I definitely do think that pitching is more of a necessity for the Yankees. And health. Oh my goodness, of course, health. That goes without saying. (laughs) The injuries have been their absolute nightmare. And the majority of analytics? I mean, all I ask is what I've been asking for a while. Just have a healthy balance between that and the eye test or gut feeling. Just have a balance. Just don't rely on either one too much. Because in my opinion, you need both aspects to be successful in this game. But I know, especially with how the World Series ended, and we spoke about it last week as well, but I know, especially with how the World Series ended, the topic of analytics is really, really hot right now. I know that. At Manly Man 1 says no, as in hell no. All right, so very opposed to parting ways with Luke Voigt. At DMI199106 says, is there no chance Glaber improves at shortstop so DJ LeMayhew stays at second and Voigt at first base? No, there's always a chance. As I've been saying before, Glaber's such a young kid. He has so much talent. And just like with Clint, because Clint definitely proved it to be very possible to improve defensively no matter how bad you are, even if you're as bad as it can get, like he was before 2020, I think Clint, if anybody, proved that if you just work hard, you can improve. And I do think that if the Yankees just really put the pedal to the metal with Glaber throughout the entire offseason and just really work hard with him at shortstop, they can get him to improve. And if he were to improve at shortstop and be good defensively, this doesn't even need to be a discussion. So I obviously hope that happens. And that is really the route that I see the Yankees going down. At Ziggy89X says, yes, but DJ LeMayhew is still top priority. Amen to that. Amen. At Peace Now for Life says, no, I want Voight on this team. I love his five and his drive and his commitment to the team. His power has increased even more, and I even think his defense has continued to improve. Keep Voigt. All right, fair enough. I am all for pro-Voigt tweets because you guys know I love Luke Voigt too. I really, really like the guy. I too love his fire, his drive, his commitment, and I just think offensively in baseball, there aren't many better bats since he's been a Yankee. He has just been so devastating. He's such a threat at the plate. Although, as I said, if the stars were to line up, I would go through with it. I simply just wouldn't have as easy of a time giving the guy away because I don't forget everything he's done. It's not as clear-cut and easy for me just to do it just like that. At Beanie831 says, we need Voight's bat. Well, yeah, his offense is definitely the best thing he brings to the table. He's phenomenal. He's such a threat. 
All right, let's do one more here on Twitter. Lastly, we have at RR2577, and they say, getting rid of one of the few players with the drive to win, Cole and Frazier or others, and who plays through injuries instead of the multiple one-dimensional, low-energy, always-hurt players is a mistake. Well, hey, if you've heard me at all throughout this poll segment, you would know that I completely agree with those attributes that Luke Voigt brings to the team. His drive, his mentality, his grit. He tells it like it is. Just like when the Yankees are playing that horrible baseball in Buffalo this past season, he just straight up said, we're playing like crap. We really are. And you can really see it written all over his face how ticked off he is when they do play like crap. He hates it. And yes, especially with how he plays through injury, how much of a warrior he is, the passion he shows. Luke Voigt is a very rare breed for modern day players. He really is. He's special. I'm sorry if you can't see that, but that's how I feel about the guy. I would not have as easy of a time letting him go as some other people seem to have. But in any event, that is all for Twitter for today. I want to thank you all so much for leaving your replies below on the Twitter poll. All your replies are really, really good. Some really, really good insight. I love hearing your thoughts. Before we end off on Yankees news, as always, for today's episode, let's head on to Instagram and see how you guys voted on there and what you had to say to the same question, but this time instead on Instagram. Same question. Are you prepared to part ways with Luke Voigt if it meant Lindor ultimately becomes a Yankee? And listen to this. Although the results are very, very close, it's not clear-cut, very close in voting, the results are different than Twitter. So the two social medias do not agree with each other as far as the majority of the voters are concerned. I love when that happens. (laughs) So on Instagram, of course, the two choices on here were also yes or no. And of all of those who voted on Instagram, 53% of you would not part ways with Luke Voigt, even if it means Francisco Lindor becomes a Yankee. And 47%, the remaining 47% would be okay with parting ways with Luke Voigt. So although the results are much closer on Instagram, more Instagram voters said they would not be willing to part ways. So very, very interesting. As I said, I love when this happens. But between the two social medias, the majority picked differently. Majority picked yes on Twitter and by a bigger margin. And just barely on Instagram, the majority picked no. So we got some replies on Instagram. Let's read through a couple before we get to Yankees news. First up here on Instagram is the Dark Knight 025, my good friend James Celestin. And he says, I probably would because I love Luke, but if you can get Lindor, re-sign DJ, and have your infield of Geo, Glaber, DJ, and Lindor, that's amazing. Yeah, those four names together ain't too shabby. <laughs> it really isn't. Can't deny that. Matt Schwartzdot 14 says, we have Glaber and hopefully DJ up the middle. Luke is a great first baseman that needs to stay. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't call his defense great, but yeah, offensively, <laughs> I'm on board for that to call that great, of course. But yes, as I said, if you have Glaber just re- really, really work hard. If you really just work with him to improve at shortstop throughout the offseason, and you could have him and DJ up the middle with DJ staying at his best position to its second base, while also keeping Luke's bat, that sure fixes a lot of problems with Glaber improving defensively if that were to happen. Then we had my amazing girlfriend Vic Salimo, and Vic and I actually did celebrate two years this past Monday, so happy anniversary, Vic. I love you so, so much. Just want to say that on the podcast really quick. Our two-year anniversary just passed, and it could not have gone better. You're the center of my universe, baby, and I love you. Now, yeah, cue all the, aww, yeah, all that stuff, yeah, yeah, be quiet. As Johnny Lawrence and Cobra Kai says, quiet! (laughs) All right, let's keep going. (laughs) 
All right. Vic said no, because Voight really came through this season when others didn't. He was injured and still played well like a champ. Yeah, and it's not the first time we've seen him do that either both playing through the injuries and being there while others have been injured too. He's really great, and I just think that some people don't give him the credit that's due to him. But yeah, he plays like a champ. He really does. He's a champion at heart. And as always, last but certainly not least, is my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, Voight has been with the Yankees for two and a half years. His presence and his capabilities far outweigh his negatives. The Yankees have had less valuable and super expensive players like Ellsbury for far too long in the past. Keep Voight. <laughs> Any mention of Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, you're right. One of the worst contracts in history. Did little to nothing for the Yankees in all of his time here. Hasn't even been in a regular season game since 2017. <laughs> it's just crazy. But yeah, definitely a good example as far as players being of little value, but super expensive. But yes, also as a guy who's very, very pro-Voit, yeah, I highly value all the positives that he brings about to the Yankees, like I and many others throughout the replies, both on Twitter and here on Instagram, have mentioned. He brings a lot of positives. And although I would, under all those conditions, end up parting ways with them for Francisco Lindor, all the conditions I named earlier, even though I don't think that's what'll happen, it would be much harder for me to part ways with them than it would be for others. And I think regardless of which side of the equation you're on here, I think everybody explained themselves pretty well. And it was awesome, as always, to hear all of your thoughts on this today. And I really read out a lot of replies and spent a lot of time here on the poll segment this week, both explaining my reasoning for my feelings on this subject and also hearing what you guys had to say, and I think it was awesome. But we'll see what the Yankees end up doing with this, or not doing. But regardless, as always, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. I'm sorry to those who I did not get to, but just keep on replying, guys. You know the deal. I will get to you eventually in a future episode. But the interactions both on Twitter and Instagram, as they are every week, are greatly, greatly appreciated, guys. And now, to finish the show today, let's get to some Yankees news. We first jump back to last Sunday, just after I finished recording some news about Giancarlo Stanton came out, which, by the way, speaking of Giancarlo as well, today also happens to be his birthday. So, happy birthday to Giancarlo Stanton. He turns 31 today, and I hope he had himself an enjoyable birthday. But news last Sunday did come out after I had already recorded, so I couldn't include it in last week's episode, but I will mention it today. Last Sunday, Giancarlo Stanton, as as expected, had officially opted into the final seven years of his contract with the Yankees worth $218 million through to 2027. Yeah, I know, $218 million. I'll give you a second because I'm lightheaded too. But yes, we all expected this to happen. I mentioned it a few weeks ago that I did not expect Stanton to opt out of this contract. I don't think anybody did. So as expected, John Carlos Stanton, the birthday boy as of today, but last Sunday he opted into the final seven years of his contract worth $218 million through to 2027. And he has a no trade clause, people, so please stop talking about trading him. It's not going to happen, okay? Because I know people are trying to get their hopes up when people were talking about about the whole Lindor situation and how much easier it would be if Stanton was gone. And yeah, if he weren't here, it would be easier because since he's the everyday DH, you could just eliminate the whole discussion of having to part ways with Luke Voigt if you were to get Francisco Lindor, because if John Carlos Stanton weren't on the Yankees, you could just make Luke Voigt the everyday DH and then move DJ to first. And then you have at shortstop Lindor, at second base Glaber, and at third Geo, just like it was before. And that would make things easier, although you are still moving DJ to first base 
which is a position he's not as good at compared to second. So moving DJ to first, yes, I'm still not huge on, but you wouldn't have to get rid of Luke Voigt. That's what I'm saying, because you could just make him the everyday DH if Stanton weren't around. But that's not the deal, guys, and Stanton's not going anywhere, so just get it out of your heads. I just get a big kick out of these writers writing these articles because I've seen these lately. Some big writers are like, oh, if the Yankees can get rid of Stanton, if they could trade him, like, guys, what are you talking about? There's a no trade clause in his contract. He's probably not going anywhere. So yeah, if you're like those big writers just fantasizing about trading Stanton, I would just get that out of your head right now. So yes, after that whole diatribe I just went on, (laughs) Stanton did opt into his remaining seven years and $218 million. So get used to him being in a Yankee uniform. What can I tell you? But it should definitely go well if for the remaining time on the Yankees, he stays healthy. First of all, that's the main thing because injuries have been his problem. And when he's on the field, if he can continue to do as good as he usually does when he is actually playing, especially like what he did in the postseason in 2020. He was playing on another planet offensively in the playoffs. And if he can continue doing that going forward, especially in the postseason... He'll be a fan favorite in no time. So, since he is definitely sticking around, let's hope for the best when it comes to Stanton. But in other Yankees news, on Monday, it was revealed that DJ, as I had mentioned in the introduction, was also named as an MVP finalist for the American League. And the other two in the discussion are a couple of Jose's. Jose Abreu of the White Sox and Jose Ramirez of the Indians. So, it's awesome to see DJ as a part of the MVP finalist discussion for the American League. He definitely deserves to be there. He had a heck of a season season in 2020, batted 364. He led all of the major leagues in batting average, 10 home runs in this shortened season, 27 RBIs, an on-base percentage through the roof at 421, a 590 slugging percentage adding up to an OPS of 1,011. He played 50 games this year, and he had a great season in that span. Now, granted, of course, this was a shortened season unlike any other, so when reading certain stats, you have to keep that in mind. But in that span, there is no denying that DJ had himself yet another stellar season. Unfortunately, though, I personally think that this award is going to end up going to Jose Abreu because even though DJ hasn't beaten out in certain categories, like batting average, on-base percentage, and OPS, I think the voters personally are going to pay attention to the fact that Jose Abreu hasn't beaten out in home runs with 19, which is great in that short of a season, of course, RBIs with 60, which is also insane, and a 617 slugging percentage, which is also crazy because we know Jose Abreu is definitely a slugger, so that's not a surprise. And plus, Jose just played all 60 games, which is just great. So again, he did finish with a batting average also of 317, which is great. 19 home runs, 60 RBIs, 370 on base percentage, which is still good, just not as high as DJ's. 617 slugging, which adds up to a 987 OPS, which is behind DJ again, but not by too much. And for those reasons, I think the voters will favor Jose Abreu just a bit, and he'll end up getting the MVP for 2020. And you know what? He would deserve it too. Abreu had a fantastic season. I wouldn't be mad at that, but I'm just glad DJ's involved in the discussion because he deserves to be there. And also, I thought I should mention that they both had the same war, which is pretty crazy. I don't value war as much as other people do, but I do usually take a glance over at it. So when I was looking at their individual stats yet again, I was like, you know what? They're pretty close in certain categories, and one has the edge over the other in others. Let me take a look at their war and see which team would have lost more or won more had they not been there, because that's what war is about. Wins above replacement. How valuable were they to their team? So I took a look at their war percentage, and it's exactly the same at (laughs) 2.8. 
So that makes it a little more difficult, the fact that they have the same exact war, 2.8. And I know some people were surprised that Luke Voigt wasn't in there over Jose Ramirez, and I'm not totally surprised by it, but I would have liked if Luke Voigt were in there too. I mean, you can make arguments for both Luke Voigt and Jose Ramirez to be in on the discussion, honestly, because they're both really, really good. They had great 2020s. Voigt had the edge in home runs and RBIs because Voigt had 22 home runs, which is just stupid. As I said, he was the MLB home run king. 52 RBIs, while Jose Jose Ramirez had 17 home runs and 46 RBIs, not too far off. Batting average-wise, Jose Ramirez had the edge with a 292 average, and Luke batted 274, which still isn't bad. On base percentage, Jose Ramirez's was 386, and Luke Voigt's on base percentage was 338, so Ramirez gets the edge there. As far as slugging, they were basically neck and neck, but Luke has a slight edge. Ramirez had a 607 slugging, and Luke had 610, and OPS, Ramirez had the edge, because Luke has a 948, and Ramirez has 993. So as you can hear, very close in certain categories, and in other categories, one has an edge over the other. So offensively, you can make a case for both of them. But at the end of the day, they should both still be proud of the seasons that they had. Oh, and for those of you out there who do love war, Ramirez also had the edge in that, because he had a 2.2 war, and Luke had a 1.5 this year. So if that means anything to you, then you can run with that. So that is the deal with the MVP race. I would not be surprised if Jose Abreu wins it. That's who I expect to win. But I am very glad that DJ, regardless, is a finalist. But in another category, he was more than just a finalist. DJ actually won an award, and of course, it was well-deserved. DJ did take home a Silver Slugger award, so congratulations to DJ for winning a Silver Slugger. Definitely a great award to win, no doubt. It's always awesome when you can walk away from a season with an award, and as far as DJ is concerned, it is well-deserved. And speaking of DJ, he has yet to reply to the Yankees as to that $18.9 million qualifying offer that I reported to you last week, so of course, the Yankee community community still eagerly awaits DJ's reply as to what he wants to do about the qualifying offer. He could either accept it and be guaranteed to come back for 2021 or decline it and try to negotiate for more years, more money, and that's what I expect him to do. I expect him to decline it and negotiate for more years and more money. But he has not made a move about it at all yet and he still has a few days to decide what he wants to do with it. And as I also said last week, regardless of what he decides to do, You've just got to get him back, whether it's via this qualifying offer or if he decides to go to free agency and try to negotiate with the Yankees for more money and or more years. Regardless of however they have to do it, just get DJ back because as I've said, it's the top priority. It has to be. So we shall see how the DJ sweepstakes end up. And hopefully it ends up being a fun time and ends positive. You just have to hope because they better get him back. What's not fun to see is something that happened in the gold glove races. Now, if you remember in the intro to the show, I gave a little tease asking if a Yankee was robbed yet again of an award like they have been a couple of times in the last couple of years, as we've spoken about in the past. Did it happen again, but this time with a gold glove? And I feel it did. And guess what? So do a ton of people who aren't even Yankee fans. A lot of people outside of the Yankee fan base that I've spoken to on social media even feel this way. And I speak of the gold glove race for third base, where Gio Urshela obviously was a finalist. Now, the other person on the Yankees who qualified for a gold glove, unbelievably, of course, was Clint Frazier. Unfortunately, he also lost. Clint lost to Joey Gallo of the Rangers, which is understandable, because not only is Gallo good out there in right field, but Clint Frazier actually spent a good chunk of his time in left field throughout the season, too. And you know what? As I said last week, it was unbelievable that he was even involved in a gold glove discussion in the first place after the transformation that he went through after just how unbelievably 
bad and insufferable it was to watch him play defense for the years prior to that. It's unbelievable how much he improved at defense. We've said this time and time again, even throughout this show, how remarkable it was and how he proved that it was possible, that with hard work and determination, it is possible to improve defensively even as vastly as he did. So honestly, yeah, I am upset that Clint Frazier obviously lost an awards race, but I am just so happy and so proud that he was even a part of the discussion in the first place. So even though he lost, congratulations to Clint Frazier, honestly, for just even being a finalist. It's absolutely incredible what he accomplished this year. But Gallo wasn't the only Ranger to win because a Ranger also defeated Gio Urshela in the third base gold glove race. And this is the one that I have a problem with. So Isaiah Kiner-Falefa defeated Gio Urshela in the third base gold glove finalist race. I mean, why? Because he played almost 10 innings more than him at third base? I mean, what was the reason? Kiner-Falefa had five errors this season. Gio had one. And although Kiner-Falefa is a good third baseman, he's fine. But you want to tell me there are many other third base in the game, maybe with the exception of Manny Machado or Nolan Arenado, that make more stylish and beautiful plays than Gio Urshela does? Are you kidding me? There are certain plays that Gio Urshela makes that I think God enters his body temporarily while he's making the play and then leaves after it's over. It looks virtually impossible, some of the plays that he makes. And you don't give this guy a gold glove award for how he did this year? I mean, it really is just silly at this point. It really, really is. I understand the Joey Gallo won against Clint Frazier. Joey Gallo's a great right fielder, and it was incredible that Clint Frazier was even involved in the gold glove discussion in the first place. But I felt really good, and so many others felt really good throughout the entire baseball community about Gio Urshela taking home this gold glove this year. He had a fantastic season over there at third. And this is not Yankee bias talking. Take a look at how he did. Less errors, more assists. I mean, and with the plays he makes? What, what is this? If not for DJ winning the Silver Slugger, I mean, really, the last couple of years, and this has really been another discussion throughout the entire baseball community because it's a legitimate observation. I don't know what's going on with the voters against these Yankees players, but it's got to stop. I'm sorry, but Gio Urshela is the third base gold glove winner this year. He really is. I'm truly not trying to take anything away from Kiner Falefa here, but Gio is your third base winner. He's the righteous winner. This thing about voting against Yankee players, which has been very evident in certain awards races the last couple of years, I'm sorry, but it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Gio Urshela should have won this Gold Glove Award. And if you want to debate me about it, hit me up on social medias. You know where to find me. I'd be more than happy to talk about it. But this award should have belonged to Gio Urshela. End of story. He got robbed. So Gio and Clint both lose their races, but I'm much more ticked off about the Gio Urshela one. That was not cool, Major League Baseball. Not cool. So awards season continues on, and more awards winners will be announced in the coming days, of course. But as far as our last piece of news today, as I also teased in the intro, there was a veteran in the Yankees 2020 squad that many would consider to be very important and a great time to watch this year too, but he has announced his retirement, and that someone is Eric Kratz. He was one of the Yankee backup catchers throughout a chunk of the 2020 season. He played a very lovable and charismatic father figure to Davey Garcia. He was a very important clubhouse presence and a veteran presence overall. He was so much fun to watch. And you know what? He had plenty of good moments both behind and at the plate too throughout this shortened season even at the age of 40. And after being here for a very brief time in 2017 for just a few at-bats that year, and coming back here for this strange, never-before-seen, shortened 2020 season, and just being so much fun to watch the entire time, it's really cool that he gets to end his career as a Yankee. And I, of course, wish Eric Kratz all the luck and happiness 
to him and his family in his retirement. He's been around for a long time, and he has earned this day. And hopefully, someday, we may be able to see Coach Kratz on the Yankees. I definitely would love to see that. We have heard just how much he has worked with the young pitchers, especially the young Latino pitchers like Davey Garcia, and they all seem to love him, and he really seems to be a great mentor, especially for the younger generation of pitchers. And you know what? Even the catchers, really. He could help the catchers. So hopefully someday we could see Coach Kratz, but as far as his retirement, I wish him all the luck and the happiness. Hope he enjoys relaxing at least for the time being, and it was awesome having him come back to the Yankees for this year, and it was a blast just seeing how much fun he was having all throughout. And speaking of having fun all throughout, I definitely had a blast all throughout this recording of episode 71 of Yapping Yankees. But as for now, that is all for episode 71 today. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and so much more. Be sure to visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9 and know what you don't know. And of course, be sure to check out Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind that website, Darren, on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias, at grunttalksmlb. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also be sure, guys, to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 71, are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees, as you frequent listeners well know, is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word and tell everybody you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero and I will talk to you next Sunday, November 15th, when I come at you with episode 72 of Yapping Yankees. Until then guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and let's see what DJ does with his qualifying offer, who else wins other awards, if the Yankees happen to do anything trade or signing wise within the next week, and just see overall what continues to happen in this bizarre MLB offseason. Have a good week, guys, and take care.